Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and thank you so much for sharing a a cup of coffee or a cup of tea with me this morning as we discuss some scriptural passages. Now, of course, since I'm not a crazy person, I've got coffee here with me today, not tea. But for those of you who, for some reason, prefer tea as your preferred morning beverage, you're still welcome to listen to the podcast, though your choice in morning beverages is wrong. (laughs) You're just wrong. Tea is a nighttime beverage. It's a nighttime beverage when there's nothing else available. (laughs) Or when you're sick. That is when I drink tea, is when there's nothing else available or when I'm sick. All right, guys, let's read Judges 19 verses 1 through 10 today. And I'm ribbing you guys this morning because we just need a laugh before we get into Judges 19. Because I would argue that this is the most disturbing scriptural passage out of the entire Old Testament. I would say this is the most disturbing. It might be the most disturbing out of the entire Bible, but I'm also taking into account Jesus's death, which was pretty disturbing, but there was like hope with Jesus's death. So though it was very disturbing, there was like glory associated with it. Whereas this story in Judges 19, it's just disturbing. There's no glory at all associated with this. It's just downright insane. So let's read Judges 19 verses 1 through 10. We won't be getting into the the insane part yet, but we're going to be talking about what's leading up to the insane part. So grab your Bible out of the version that you prefer, but I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. In those days when there was no king in Israel, there was a certain Levite living on the further side of the hill country of Ephraim who took for himself a concubine out of Bethlehem, Judah. His concubine played the prostitute against him and went away from him to her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there for four months. Her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her, to bring her again, having his servant with him and a couple of donkeys. She brought him into her father's house, and when the father of the young lady saw him, he rejoiced to meet him. His father-in-law, the young lady's father, kept him there, And he stayed with him for three days. So they ate and drank and stayed there. On the fourth day, they got up early in the morning and he rose up to depart. The young lady's father said to his son-in-law, strengthen your heart with a morsel of bread and afterward you shall go your way. So they sat down, ate and drank, both of them together. Then the young lady's father said to the man, please be pleased to stay all night and let your heart be merry. The man rose up to depart, but his father-in-law urged him and he stayed there again. He arose early in the morning on the fifth day to depart. And the young lady's father said, Please strengthen your heart and stay until the day declines. And they both ate. When the man rose up to depart, he and his concubine and his servant, his father-in-law, the young lady's father, said to him, Behold, now the day draws toward evening. Please stay all night. Behold, the day is ending. Stay here that your hearts may be merry. And tomorrow go on your way early that you may go home. But the man wouldn't stay that night. But he rose up and went near Jebus, also called Jerusalem. With him were a couple of saddled donkeys. His concubine also was with him. I'm sure without telling you guys, 
You all have probably picked up already on a few problems that have been going on in this uh, portion so far. The first problem being verse one. (laughs) In those days when there was no king in Israel. Okay, that's a problem because as I've said many times on this podcast already, Israel did have a king or rather they were supposed to have a king. That king was Yahweh. That king was God. But uh, the Israelites rejected God as their king completely. So now they're just doing whatever they want to do. So when it says that there was no king in Israel, this means that there was no authority in Israel. The people were just doing whatever they wanted to do. They had no authority whatsoever. And so that's why it's good for people to have authority. And I'm going to get myself in trouble by saying that (laughs) because no one likes authority. No one wants to have authority in anything these days. Everybody says, oh, we're our own authority. Everybody is self-governing, but that is not how we were designed to be. Human beings were designed to worship God, meaning we were designed to have God as our authority. And God is obviously setting the Israelite people up in a way where they can get back to how they were originally created to be by having God as their authority, by having God as their king. But no, the people ended up rejecting Yahweh. So when it says here in verse one, the very first problem we see that there is no king in Israel, this means that the people rejected their king and were choosing to be their own authority. Then it goes into the story of the Levite, which is the second problem, actually. Levites were supposed to be set apart as holy, as different, even more so than Israel was. The Levite tribe was the priests of the Israeli nation. So this Levite here, which, by the way, I don't think he's named. I don't think he has a name here. It just says there was a certain Levite. So this certain Levite takes a concubine. Now, we know that Levites, as people who were set apart to be even more holy than all of Israel, who were set apart to be the priests, they should have been the role models for all of Israel. So this Levite going and taking a concubine is obviously setting a bad example for the rest of Israel because concubines were outside of God's plan for humanity. Going back to the creation story and how people were created to be, God created one man and one woman, and they were in a union together with each other. And God in the garden performed the first wedding ceremony between Adam and Eve, saying that it was not good for a man to be alone and that he was going to make somebody special for the man, a helper for him. So every man is designed to be a one woman man. That is laid out very clearly in scripture, no matter where you look. And even in the Old Testament laws, where God makes an account or a law for somebody who has multiple wives, you can see that it's always associated with something wrong. (laughs) And anytime we see a story in the Old Testament of a man having multiple wives, somehow the story ends up going off the deep end. We've seen that already with Abraham's story, with Jacob's story. With Gideon's story, he had 70 different sons from 5,000 wives or whatever. I mean, every time we see a man engaging in multiple female partners, 
something terrible ends up happening. So once again, right here, this Levite takes a concubine, which was outside of God's plan. The Levite was supposed to have one wife here, but he ends up taking a concubine. We don't know if he had a wife. And it is interesting to note that a handful of times in this passage, the author does refer to them as husband or wife because concubines were outside of God's design, as was taking another wife. However, you will see in scripture sometimes where God will call a concubine the wife of a man to show people that there are no casual unions, if that makes sense. So there's weight behind it because a, a concubine would have been more of a casual kind of union. It was almost like a wife light. <laughs> like a man could get a concubine, but she wasn't exactly his wife. According to this time period, she was more of like a, uh, you know, just a honestly a, a baby machine. That's what she was. But anyway, so this Levite takes a concubine outside of God's plan and the third problem we see, his concubine played the prostitute against him and went away from him to her father's house in Bethlehem, Judah, and was there for four months. Now, this wasn't the same Bethlehem that Jesus was born in, by the way. But this woman who became the concubine of this man ended up prostituting herself. So that means that she slept with another man at some point in time. And after she does that, she runs away from her husband and goes and lives with her dad again back in Bethlehem, Judah. So there was some sort of problem happening with the concubine. Either she was a very immoral woman, or she really wanted to get out of the household that she was living in. I, I don't know. I'm not going to make any assumptions here. Moving on in the story, um, we do see that this Levite is not a great guy. He's he's a, a terrible human being, actually. But I don't know if that had anything to do with this woman going off and cheating on him. Either way, it was wrong for her to do because she was in a civil union with him. And like I said before, God did consider this not a casual union. So this concubine ends up cheating on her husband and she runs away from him to go live in her father's house. Now, all of this was extremely immoral from the Levite taking the concubine to begin with, and her also cheating on him, just the entire thing was broken. Everything about it was just not a good situation and against God's laws. So for four months, this woman is living with her father. And it actually says that at some point in time, the Levite man decides to go get his concubine back. And it says that he traveled to Bethlehem, Judah, to talk sweetly to her, to speak kindly to her, to bring her home again, having his servant with him and a couple of donkeys. So she brought him into her father's house is what it says. So she received him. She did in fact receive him. And the father of the young lady was excited to meet him. So the father was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. You know, all of this has been a huge mess. I just, I want you guys to be, you know, happy again is, is kind of what this father is getting at. So his father-in-law, so there you go, stating that this is not just something casual. This is more than a concubine kind of situation because they call the father, the Levite's father-in-law, his father-in-law, the young lady's father, 
kept him there and he stayed with him for three days. So they ate and drank and stayed there. So the father-in-law's trying to butter him up, trying to, it looks like, get the daughter and the Levite back together again. He's giving him a feast in his honor, that kind of stuff. So it says on the fourth day, the Levite tries to leave and the father's like, oh, no, 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 don't leave. Don't uh, depart yet. Like, stay another night and let's eat and drink and be merry. So that's what ends up happening. Then again, on the next day, the fifth day, the Levite gets up early to leave and the father-in-law is like, oh, no, 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 you know, have uh, breakfast with me, enjoy your time here and eat lunch with me and, you know, then you can be on your way tonight. So then the Levite, that evening after he stayed for a while, tries to leave again and the father-in-law is like, oh, no, 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 don't leave, stay another morning and then tomorrow morning you can get up early and you can go. So why in the world is this father-in-law <laughs> not trying to get them to leave his house? I don't know. It's, it's a question we should be asking because it just seems a little weird. It seems a little strange. But then again, maybe it wasn't that strange because maybe this father didn't see his daughter that often because they did live quite a ways away from each other. So maybe he just wanted to see his daughter more. I don't know exactly what's going on here. But is it possible that this father didn't want to give his daughter up? Even though initially he was very happy that the Levite came back to get his daughter because, you know, then his daughter wouldn't be disgraced over what she had done initially. But why did this dad want to keep them there for so long? It's just an interesting question to think about as we, we move into the rest of the story. So the father-in-law really wants the Levite to stay and wants his daughter to stay for whatever reason. And it says that the man rose up to depart and his concubine and his servant. And then his father-in-law says, please stay tonight as well. The day is ending. It is evening. Don't leave at this point in time. Stay until the morning. But the Levite was stubborn. He's like, no, I am not staying another night. We are going now. Now, this was another problem because it was pretty dangerous to travel at night. There's been a handful of times, if you look in Judges, where specifically night times were very dangerous when Israel was off the deep end. Like when Israel specifically was not following God, nighttime travel became very dangerous because there was a lot more evil going on in Israel at this time period, but the Levite didn't care. And so he's like, no, I am not going to stay another night. We are leaving right now. So he starts to leave. Verse 10 says, the man wouldn't stay that night. He rose up and went near to Jebus, also called Jerusalem. With him were a couple of saddled donkeys and his concubine was also with him. And that is where I'm going to end today's episode. We'll talk more about this on Friday, so tune in then. But also check out the podcast tomorrow because we'll be in the New Testament tomorrow talking more about Peter and King Herod. All right, guys, I hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. Happy listening and God bless.